It's time for Ralph and Vicky's Off-Grid Podcast with your host, outdoor writer Pete Rogers. We're coming to you from the Hunter's Blend Coffee Studio. Hunter's Blend Coffee, defending hunting one cup at a time. Now, let's get into this week's show. Welcome back to Ralph and Vicky's Off-Grid Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Rogers. Please forgive me, I'm fighting a little bit of a cold today, so I have a little bit of a hollow voice. But in today's episode, we have the pleasure of having a special guest with us who has many accomplishments to his credit. One of which began in 1971 when a journey into the publishing world that transformed bow hunting across North America. With the launch of Bowhunter Magazine, bow hunters across the continent were able to read about adventures, get tips and tactics, and keep up with the advancement of equipment in the bow hunting arena. During the 1980s and 90s, Bowhunter Magazine had a paid circulation exceeding 220,000 with a readership approaching half a million. It was the largest, most successful, most profitable hunting magazine ever published. As editor of Bowhunter, he was able to pursue game all across the continent, and in 1999, the Outdoor Writers Association of America honored him with a prestigious Excellent in Craft Award for a Lifetime of Achievement. And in 2003, he was inducted into the Archery Hall of Fame. He's a life member of the Professional Bowhunter Society, the National Rifle Association. Our guest has known Ralph and Vicky for over 30 years. He's a dear friend and a legend in the industry. Please welcome to Ralph and Vicky's Off Grid Podcast, Mr. M.R. James. Hey. Hello, M.R. Hey, <laughs> Ralph. Good to hear from you and Vicky. Always. It's awesome that. to hear from you, too. Hey, thanks for taking the time out and chit chatting with us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Otherwise, I'd just be sitting on the tree stand. Yeah, and taking pictures of all your deer. Yeah. You I noticed those, those on, oh, my, yeah. on social media every day. I have new photos of what day it is and what you saw that day. Well, I uh, can hit them a lot easier with my camera than I can with my arrow. <laughs> I take a lot of pictures. Yeah, I kind of get that sometimes. Yeah, it's sometimes it's sometimes just as fun or even even better just to get you know capture them whether it's on video or on film or, or on, on photos. Yeah, I've uh, had a lot of people say, why, "Why do you take so many pictures?" And I say, people ask me what did I see, and if I've got proof of what I saw, I can show them pictures, and they're a lot better than me telling about it. Yep, this is I true. Agree. And Ralph yells at me when I take pictures when I'm sitting in a tree stand. He tells me I shouldn't have my phone on me. Yeah, let's hear what Mr. thinks about that one. Uh-huh, see, <laughs> so I carry I carry a camera. I don't carry a phone. Oh, see, so that's it. but see, I use that as my excuse. I use it for the camera. <laughs> well, that's good. They I mean these new phones take great pictures, but I'm afraid I'd be tempted to answer calls <laughs> or make calls and so I just carry a camera. Boy, I think <laughs> I think Mr. sees you in the in the stand, honey, because he he knows exactly what you're doing on. Well, your I don't phone. answer calls, but still, yeah. you know. But I'm, you know what? It's been so many years, and we go if we go way back to be right before Ralph and I got married, which we're coming up on our what year is it? Twenty seven. Twenty seventh. I was right. Is that wow. Wow. He was wow. guessing. Yeah. He was Woo. guessing there. Yeah, that's sure. a long time ago. <laughs> and wow, we I was went sweating. away. We went away on our honeymoon, and it was in Africa, and you actually kind of came up with our tagline. Yep, America's favorite oh, yeah. hunting couple. Oh, okay. Well, it fits perfectly, believe me. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, I remember you, you wrote a little, you know, just a, a clip in, in the magazine about our, our honeymoon and, and, you know, getting all this going. Mm-hmm. And, and I got to tell you, buddy, you know, it's it's been a hell of a ride, but 
to to have to be able to on, to be honored to call you a friend and you know is is has been even that much more important to us. Well, that uh, that means a lot to me, and uh, you guys know how I feel about you, and it's uh, it's a pleasure to have followed your career and watch uh, watch your adventures, and I I guess my biggest regret is that you and I. And Vicky haven't shared more uh, more hunting adventures together, but uh, maybe uh, before I get too old to draw a bow, I will uh, we'll be able to sit around the campfire somewhere and exchange. Well, I got to tell you, you know we ain't far, and in Illinois we got some insulated blinds. Even when it's cold, it's warm. So <laughs> I think that yeah, that sounds like. Sounds like something I'd take up. <laughs> well, we're gonna have to plan that one for sure. Oh man, Absolutely. it'd be an honor. Yep, it'd be fun, and it's you know, it's just it, it's crazy how things. You know, I remember growing up, and you know, I I remember reading Bowhunter magazine, and and you know, some of the crazy things that I remember, Mr. And and I think you you know you implemented them all for crying out loud. Uh, you know, remember Chuck Denault. Remember all the covers, mm-hmm. oh, the yeah. calendars. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know that 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 mm-hmm. was awesome. Mm-hmm. But Chuck, Chuck uh, called. I mean, his title was a master artist of the white-tailed deer, and uh, him having uh, met us in Michigan at the old Anderson clinics and uh, seeing his art and being able to share that with our readers was extra special. I've got uh, some of his paintings. He, he designed each one of our covers from the fifth anniversary on, as I remember correctly, uh, our anniversary covers every five years. And I've got a lot of those hanging here in the house. And uh, Chuck was just, he was a good hunter. He was a great artist. And uh, again, he was one of those guys that uh, you meet and uh, are just happy to know and uh, call a friend. Uh, He's just special to me. You know, and through the years, you know, so many, you know, um, you know, Dwight, Boy, he touched so many, you know, with with the power of his words, his hunting and and and, and woodsman's, you know, abilities and skills. You know, I, I remember just reading anything and everything that that you guys had of him, and even all the books. Yeah, he was. Uh, he'd asked me to do a introduction to his mule deer book, uh, and uh, I was was proud to do it. Uh, I was impressed from day one with his talent as a writer. You meet a lot of uh, good hunters who are good writers, but uh, Dwight was just exceptional. And I very seldom had to do anything to any manuscript he sent in. He sent in a great, well-written manuscript, uh, great photos to, to complement it. And uh, I think I bought his first one uh, when he was just getting started in the uh, freelance writing business. And I told him, I said, Dwight, uh, uh, you've got a lot of talent. Uh, Bowhunter Magazine can't pay what the big magazines pl- pay, and I uh, suggest you, you know, shoot for outdoor life and sports field and field and stream, and you make a lot more money. And he did, and uh, he worked for both outdoor life and sports field uh, as a staff writer, editor, and I, I just appreciate the fact he he keep kept sending me things. And uh, even though he knew that I couldn't match the, the checks that uh, they send out, uh, he, he made made me feel that uh, Bow Hunter was a part of his life. And I was really proud on a deer hunt in Mississippi when I was thinking about retiring to ask him if he would be interested in filling my shoes. And uh, he said, uh, man, uh, yeah, that's kind of like a 
dream come true to him. And so we worked together. And when I did step down, uh, Dwight took over, and uh, he just uh, he he was extra special. He was a good, God fearing Christian, a great bow hunter, a great writer, a heck of a photographer, and just he he was the whole package. And I tell people, Dwight Shoe was the real deal. And, uh, it just uh, it was a really bad time when uh, when. Uh, cancer got to him and uh, to watch him fade away. Just, uh, yeah, he's really going to be missed. A terrible really loss. be missed. Yeah, that, that's right. A terrible loss to the industry and uh, to those who knew him personally. And I know uh, Ralph and Vicky, you guys uh, had a lot of admiration for him and called him a friend. Absolutely. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. You know, MR, you, you've seen it, and, and I guess I can say it now, too. <laughs> We've seen it, you know, from, you know, when we when I first started working for the archery shops, you know, in the in the late 70s um, and seeing that that in, I mean, tremendous growth rate and in interest in, in, in our lifestyle. And, you know, when, when I opened up Archer's Choice and in the early 80s and I mean, you could do nothing wrong. I, I mean, Every bow manufacturer, and there weren't many. Every broadhead manufacturer, and there weren't many. <laughs> and 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 you know, and so on. But um, you know, it was incredible, and the excitement, and the I, I think the, the the love and the passion, you know, that we witnessed, you know, and and you you more than anyone you know, captured it in, in, in the writings, in the magazine, uh, and, and really, I think, facilitated that, that whole growth pattern. Um, and then as we, you know, as we went into the 90s and, and things started to taper off a little bit, you had surges here and there. Um, we, we watched many different changes in the 2000s. Um, you know, TV hit, hit its peak. Um, you know, and publication sort of went down. And now we, we see a lot of this digital, this social. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you, we, we don't know. You know, we don't know where it's going. And, and, and you know, we think... And and a lot of people think I'm I'm crazy here, but you know we may for multiple reasons, yes, not just because reasons. of some things that he's going to say in this conversation. <laughs> but but I'm the first to admit I I think this social and I think some of the TV has actually hurt you, you know some of the hunting that you know some of this has made it look way too easy. Oh yeah, yeah. One of the things that I regret and I, I dabbled in that some uh, I was asked uh, because of the magazine, of course, to accompany some of the guys I hunted with, uh, Toxie Hayes and the Mossy Oak folks and Bill Jordan at Realtree and Will Primos uh, appeared on some of their shows. And I enjoyed it, but uh, I was always reluctant in a sense because just a personal thing with me, I hope you guys can appreciate what I'm going to say here, but uh, I didn't think growing up uh, when I was getting started that hunting was a spectator sport and some of those if you remember some of those early early videos that were released they were pretty graphic and pretty bloody and they turned a lot of people off I remember 
some of the Anderson shows when people were running some of those clips and there was a big crowd there. I mean, thousands of people turned out that Father's Day weekend every year to uh, to see, meet Fred Bear and uh, all the heroes of, of bow hunting. And they'd stand around and some of those things would come on the screen. There'd be a graphic kill. And some of the women and kids particularly would kind of make faces and turn away and I'm thinking uh, <laughs> we're our own worst enemies at some time, and there there has to be a uh, way to convey the excitement of the hunt. And uh, I, I never felt comfortable, and it was Will Primos who, who I he wanted to tape me shooting some uh, some stuff and uh, on the hunts, and I said okay, but. I'm not going to do it unless uh, you'll let me see it beforehand because I see stuff on TV that uh, that turns people off, and I just don't want to be any part of that. And he graciously agreed, and so Bowhunter Magazine went on. We put out a video series. You guys might remember that, and also had a TV show, Tom Nelson's American Archery, Bowhunter Magazine's American Archery. It was, uh, it was uh, just a good good thing and to branch out and to be visual as well as uh, present the written word to to people and uh, I enjoyed it but uh, it's a double-edged sword and if you're not careful you can get cut with uh, with it and we've seen a, a lot here MR in the last oh, I don't know eight to ten years where the things on television that you see have become in my opinion more graphic as opposed to more towards the artistic yeah. side of hunting and the more of the uh, the introspective side of hunting have you uh, would you agree with that and and what's your take oh you know, yeah what's your take on that well again uh, it hurts uh, i think it it hurts people get a misconception of what bow hunting is and it's between you know, it's the challenge of meeting the animal on his home turf and uh, either prevailing or losing, and uh, hopefully with uh, with grace when you have to have to walk home without uh, from, from the day is out without anything to uh, to show for it. You've got a lot of memories, you've got a lot of excitement, and bow hunting. Uh, I gave up gun hunting as a kid in the, my early uh, formative years of, of hunting because it. it it got a little too easy, and, and I never found that with bow hunting. I mean, uh, and, and to pro- portray it as anyone can kill something, and, you know, to uh, put out a, like in some states where it's legal, uh, I know I've hunted over bait in Texas and a couple of other states where it is legal, and I just never felt quite right about it. Uh, it's uh, I like to meet deer on their turf and uh, do my best out with them and get a, get a good killing, clean killing shot. And, uh, sometimes when they just walk in and they start eating and you shoot them, that, uh, that just doesn't seem quite right to me. And that's, that's just a personal thing, but I think other share that same belief. Well, let me ask you this as the equipment has changed through the years, you know, uh, I actually wrote this not too many years ago where uh, 60 is the new 30. As uh, I can remember reading in your magazines years ago where, you know, ethical shots shouldn't be over 30 yards um, or whatever you're you're, um, uh, comfortable with. But as the equipment has changed, we have seen more and more people promoting shooting much further distances with archery equipment than what we used to do back in the 
Uh, I'm the same age as Ralph and Vicky, so so old. Yeah, so we're talking about the same <laughs> stuff here. Of uh, you know where thirty, forty yards would would be the max, but we see regularly on television now and on videos where uh, people taking sixty, seventy, eighty, hundred yard shots with archery equipment. Oh yeah, yeah. I think uh, it's it's just fact of life, and the thing, the way I look at it, and for those of, I don't know if Ralph and Vicky would know this, but uh, the past couple of years here on our farm in Indiana, I've been after this one particular 10-point buck, and I am i could have killed him, I don't know how many times with my compound, but I've been hunting him with uh, my best friend from Montana, Dr. Chuck Williams, who passed away uh, a few years ago uh, when I spoke at his funeral afterwards. Uh, his family was just special uh, to us, and they gave me his, his favorite hunting bow, which was a uh, recurve. Oh, wow. I said, would awesome. you shoot something with it? And I said, sure. And I've been hunting that <laughs> buck with, with it for for three years now. And uh, I, I won't shoot over 20 yards because uh, I just want him within my sure kill range. I'm not going to take a 30 or 40 yard. I've killed I've killed deer over 60 yards with a, with a recurve. And I was shooting field archery competition those days. And, you know, you shoot 60, 70, 80 yards in, in competition. It's one thing. But to shoot instinctively, and I just don't feel comfortable doing it. And so that's the challenge. And that's that. When people ask me why I bow hunt, I say it's because of the challenge. And getting close is one of those challenges, and it's always something I've tried to do. We'll be right back with more Ralph and Vicky's Off Grid Podcast with your host, Pete Rogers. Ralph and Vicky's Off Grid Podcast is proudly brought to you by Alps, Easton Archery. Browning Firearms, Bass Pro Shops, Cabela's, Delta McKenzie Targets, New Archery Products, Muddy Outdoors, Cyclops Lights, Boss Buck Feeders, Hoyt Bows, Hunter's Blend Coffee, Hunter's Specialties, Spy Point, and True Glow. Welcome back to Ralph and Vicky's Off-Grid Podcast with your host, Pete Rogers. We're coming to you from the Hunter's Blend Coffee Studio. Now, let's get back into this week's show. You know, and, and MR, you know, I, I remember reading an article a couple of years ago um, from, to me, one, one of our, the best, the most incredible uh, archers, bow hunters, you know, Randy Almer. You know, and Randy, even even though we know his capabilities of shooting are phenomenal, I mean, he's just incredible. His his distance, his favorite, he said, it was forty yards. You, you know, and and here's an archer, a true, I mean, world class archer, one that, of the best to ever shoot. Yes, yeah. and and he says, you know, he he likes forty or under. You, you know what I mean? And, and I mean. Again, I, I, when we had the shop, and, and you, you know, you had you had the, you had archers coming in. You know, we had a, we had a hunting site, a, a true glow hunting site that had three pins, <laughs> twenty, thirty, and forty. Uh-huh. And, and right. now all these manufacturers have you know one hundred and twenty, you know one hundred and twenty yards, or you know six pins or eight pins, and and you know, I, I mean, just like you said, you know. We understand things change. I mean, I mean, if they didn't, everyone still be driving a Model T Ford. I mean, and that's not reality, you know. And and I think we we do push. It's human nature to go push the limits. Um, I I just you know I I just wish. I I wish we could get back to 
to, to, to really promoting this lifestyle as truly what it is, a lifestyle. You know, th- th- we, we live it, all of us live it 24-7. Um, we're in it for the right reasons, not an egotistical train ride that's going to become a train wreck. Um, you, you know, j- just things that, that really let people understand that this isn't a sport. It's, it's in our DNA. It, it, and, right. and, and I, you know, I, I and, and part again, you know, I think TV and we're part of it. You know, we've tried to we've always tried to do the best we can. And and I guarantee you, I'll admit right here that, you know, I think we've made mistakes, you know, but, but at the end of it, you know, we want we've always wanted to just promote it as the lifestyle, as a family acceptance and, you know, given he above, you know, the, the honor and the glory, because w- without him, none of this is possible. That's the, that's exactly right. One of the things that, uh, that gets me a little bit, uh, I lived in Montana. You guys probably. Yep. Oh yeah, absolutely. I remember the longer hair and the beard. See, I remember all that. <laughs> well, you live in the mountain. You're going to look like a mountain. I'm a <laughs> but uh, out there, uh, you know, it's more open country for one thing. And a lot of guys say, you know, yeah, shot 50, 60 yards is common. And it, it can be. But even when I when I lived out there, I was fortunate enough to take a number of, uh, of elk. And that's something growing up in Illinois. I never had a chance, obviously, and never even dreamed about it. But I did. And I was hearing and reading these guys say, yeah, you got to be good. Uh, you know, those elk are kind of tough and you got to put the arrow where it belongs, but you got to be able to shoot out to 50, 60, 70, 80 yards or more. And, uh, I don't know how many elk I shot when I lived out there or taken over the years, but I think the furthest I've ever shot an elk was about 30 yards. And uh, like getting close again to me is part of the challenge and remaining unseen and making a killing shot that's that's my goal, no matter what I'm hunting. And I just, I appreciate that. But uh, I've had so many guys say, well, I live out west, and i got to shoot an antelope at, uh, you know, 60, 70 yards, and, and that sort of thing. Well, it, it depends on how you hunt them. And I've hunted them both uh, over water holes and uh, at fence crossings where they slide under the fence to go and eat alfalfa or something. And it. <laughs> You can get close, and you can make killing shots. Uh, you guys know how I know how you like uh, moose hunting, and I love it too. But uh, you know, I've I've shot uh, one of each species, uh, and the furthest shot I ever had was about sixteen to eighteen yards, and the closest shot I had on a bull moose was three yards. That's close, and that was. Uh, that, that was close, yeah. You know, the guys that, what pen did you choose? All of them. All of them. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I said. But uh, that that's that excitement of being so close to these animals and, uh, you know, picking your spot and watching that arrow go in and knowing you've made a perfect killing shot, uh, that just, that means the world. Uh, do, you, do you think it's uh, the... Uh, um, um, people's ability to get close or their desire to get close has, has waned through the years that's making. Oh yeah. Well, you, you might remember, 
you know, Howard Hill in 1953 in his book, Hunting the yep. Hard Way. Uh, this was back in 53, and he was bemoaning the fact that the hunters today have lost the ability to get close to things. Uh, he was talking about stalking and, uh, you know, moving in and, and getting close, and he said, that's that's pretty much gone. And that, that was in how long? Ago wow, was, and that was in the fifties. That's fifty three. And, and we and, and he that's thought right. back then that that no one could do it any. That it was getting a lost. Right. You know. Right. Wow. Yeah, and it's it's not gotten any better for sure. And when when you have people saying as as we talked about earlier, yeah, you got to be able to have you know six or eight tens and hit out to hundred plus yards. I know guys that are tremendous shots. And uh, can hit a you know deer can at a uh, hundred yards uh, with with every shot, but a beer can is not a bull moose or uh, something that makes the heart pound and uh, you, you get a little wobbly in the knees at times. And uh, it's it's a different situation. And target archery, I love it, uh, participated in it. But bow hunting to me is uh, is what matters most in in archery, and getting close to make the shot is part of that challenge, and that's why I accept it, and that's why I continue. To and I th- I think part of the big part, like you're just saying, like with bow hunting, I think it's because you want to get close, and that's what we do. We want to get close, and I feel that if you're waiting, and you know, you're take if you know, I won't. I the farthest I've ever shot an animal with my bow is. 35 yards, 37 yards is the farthest. And I've taken a lot of critters with my bow. You know, I mean, it's just what it is. I've I've had opportunities where I could have tried and launched one out at 60, but in my own head, you know, I'm shooting 57 pounds around there. And my fear is, yeah, I can shoot 100 yards in my yard at a target. At 60 yards with my bow and say it's an elk and he takes one step, I'm from you know, double lunging it to gut or, we're, you know, I mean, it's just, I don't feel comfortable taking that shot because exactly. there's just too many variables at that point. Tip my camel cap to you for that kind of attitude because some people say, oh, just, I'll get an error in him and I'll finish him off. And that, that's not, that's not. Yeah. And that's, and that really gets into the ethics of, of the hunting, you know, of, uh, do you want to make a good, clean, humane killing shot or do you just want to as you said, get an arrow in them and track them down and finish them later. And uh, um, every yeah. individual has to weigh that within themselves as to what they're willing to do and what they want to do. Let me ask you this, Mr. As a as an outdoor writer, you know I can remember back in the day reading your stuff and uh, and others how the literature itself has changed as well from these great adventure stories that that uh, that that you and and others wrote that would take us vicariously onto the mountain or into the prairie to what we have today, which is more. I don't know, technical. And more of how-tos more than, how to than and, an adventure story. Yeah. You're right. I didn't think about that, but I think you're right. Yeah. Well, it's it's taken a change, and I'm obviously old school, <laughs> and I prefer the adventure. I mean, the, 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 being a, one of the highest compliments I consider getting is when a guy says, man, I was with you on right. that. Time. Right, I, right, right. Felt my heart starting to pound and that sort of thing, and that... It, I saw happen with Bow Hunter over the years gradually. Uh, people are interested in everything from what broadhead and what arrow and what, but everything turned into almost a infomercial. 
yeah the what and what 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 I did and when I was writing and I I wanted people to know what I was shooting but I didn't say okay I pulled back my brand expo and uh, launched this certain brand arrow and the hat tip with a certain broadhead and that 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 just graded on me so I would have what I called an author's note and I would in there tell about all the equipment I used but that was always just at the end of it a little sidebar to to let people know but I I told the story. And uh, didn't worry about uh, making the sponsors happy, as it were. And so uh, I've seen that change considerably. And I mean, my gosh, uh, particularly social media, the guys will have hashtags for 87 products after, uh, you know. The oh, yeah. But, you know, as a writer, I can't I can't sell those stories anymore. When I write adventure stories, nobody buys them. It's your adventure. That's why. That's, that's probably what it is. It's because it's Pete's adventure. That's probably what it is. Nobody cares about shooting chipmunks in the Pete's backyard. incredible adventure. <laughs> it's, it's, it's changed. I mean, it, and it's a, just a fact of life. And it's not necessarily changed for the better in my opinion. Well, you know, or MR, you know, I try to... Like even some of our new interns, you know, they come in and and they want to learn how to, you know, how to how to field produce and and you know one of the things I always go back on is I show them a video and yes, it's a VHS, but it's a movie, you know, it's a movie from you know twenty years ago, and then I show them a movie from fifteen years ago and uh, ten years ago, five years ago, three years ago, and then now, and it's just short clips. But what it is is. I ask them to look at their watch, and it shows from back then how one camera angle stayed on that same frame, that same scene, for 25 seconds. And then, you know, each year it progressed, you know, from 25 to, to 20, from 20 to 15. And today, all of your, you know, your scenes are changing in, you know, two and a half seconds. And then all of a sudden it's got to be a different angle, or it's got to be this, or it's got to be that. It's a quick edit. And, you know, I, I believe, you know, it just... Our society, their intention, attention span is so short, so much is thrown at them that you have to, you know, you have to change for that. But again, I'm here sitting here saying, you know, I, th- <laughs> I, I think we're hurting. I, I think, you know, I, I mean, our participation is down. Our numbers are down. Um, you know, manufacturers are nervous. Um, state organizations, you, you know, are, are losing funding. And, and at the end of all of this, um, you know, I, I hope that, you know, someday somebody can look back at what Vicky and I, you know, have accomplished like like we are and, and you know, what, watching and honoring you Um and just say that you know, hey, they they did something good for us. You know, they they put it put something back, and they they respected what this is all about. You know, just what you've done in your career, and you know, you know, and to 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 sit here and 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 even though we're friends, I just you know, I I want to express to all all of our listeners that it, it is truly an honor to to call you a friend and to to have to have seen and and read and watched what you've done for. All of us, huh, Vicky? I mean, literally for for all of us bow hunters and hunters. You know, I, I mean, it's it's just wow. It, it's a mind blowing experience, and and I hope and I pray that you know we can continue this for the right reasons and and stop having 
each other be cannibalistic to each other, especially in the social world. Wow, or digital world, huh? It's crazy. Well, it's it's kind of you to say that, and you guys know how I feel about you and what you've accomplished. But uh, in, in retrospect, when I was getting going, uh, and you know this too, uh, you weren't all that far behind. Uh, the people wanted, they were desperate for information, mm-hmm. and uh, so you were, but. I tried to weave hunting techniques and tidbits of information and tips and suggestions into the storyline. And again, today you're, you're, you've got a flood of information. I mean, people had, had no clue getting started back in the day of how to go about bow hunting. A lot of them were gun hunters and, uh, you know, running shots and uh, long shots. And that was part of it. And you had to impress on them that uh, bow hunting is a different sport, and it's uh, uh, getting close and uh, remaining undetected, and drawing your bow and making a killing shot on an animal that uh, has a lot more sensory capability than we do, and uh, can sense danger at times. It's just that's part of that challenge I keep talking about, and that uh, that was something that we tried to convey and tried to educate and inform and entertain the readers that's all important and you guys being in your business uh, certainly understand that yes sir I, I mean you know i look at it i've always and and, and you tell me because you'll know more than i do definitely is you know i looked at reading as 80 percent education 20 percent entertainment and then i looked at tv as 80 percent entertainment and 20 percent education you, you know what i mean i don't know if that was ac- or true but or accurate but i always looked at if if people were going to sit down, you you wanted to you wanted to give them some some information for sure, you know? right? But now them, when you look at social media, you don't know what's fake news. You don't know anymore. Everything, you, you know. There's there's what do you call them? Insta famous, insta famous, insta famous people out there, and because they they've got a million likes, but are they legitimate? Are they? You, you know what I mean? It, it's scary what's happening. I don't know what the answer is, Ralph. It's. Uh a dilemma, and people, I mean, for God's sake, people don't read like they used to. Not at all. And, uh, you know, to be in the magazine business, I, I feel feel like a, an old geezer to, you know, Sits on the porch. No, that's like, the good old days. No one cares. And, 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 and take pictures of, of whitetails. You know, <laughs> nice. We'll be right back with more Ralph and Vicky's Off Grid Podcast with your host Pete Rogers. Ralph and Vicky's Off Grid Podcast is brought to you by True Glow. True Glow is committed to providing their customers with innovative products containing quality and value-added features for archery, crossbow, and firearms. Now, anytime you shop at TrueGlow.com, you can enter a promo code OFFGRID20 and receive 20% off of your purchase. This is a special offer for our OffGrid podcast listeners. How awesome is that? TrueGlow, when brightness counts, count on TrueGlow. Welcome back to Ralph and Vicky's OffGrid podcast with your host, Pete Rogers. We're coming to you from the Hunter's Blend Coffee Studio. Now, let's get back into this week's show. You know, I, I think one of the things that, and actually we just had this conversation just a couple weeks ago, I think one of the things is like you just said, you know, people don't read the way they used to. I think people are still reading just like people are technically still watching TV. It's just that they're watching it in a different way. They consume they, it They consume it differently. So instead of going and get, buying a magazine from a magazine stand, 
they're reading it on their phone or they're reading it on their laptop. And it's the same thing with television as well. Television isn't going away. When you talk to certain people, they say, oh, no, television's dead. It's not. It's just being consumed in a different form. You may not be sitting there watching it on a cable that runs into your house from a big cable company. You may be getting it through your Wi-Fi and streaming it instead, but you're still getting the TV shows. So I think a big part of within this industry, like I said, like like reading a paper magazine compared to reading it online, I think we're still consuming the products. I just think that it's being consumed in a different way. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Thank you. Yeah, and with with TV, instead of waiting till Sunday at noon to watch Archer's Choice, they want to be able to. Hey, I got I got thirty minutes now. I want to watch it right now. Right, and, right. And and so they want to be able to go uh-huh. somewhere and yeah. stream it. And the same thing with the with the readership. Instead of waiting for that magazine to come into mailbox once a month and be able to just read it from cover to cover, they want to be able to go get it right then. And I don't know if that's a good thing. That's just the way it is. Well, I, I think right. it, I think it all goes back to your demographics. Is you know, and, and again, if we look at the stats, our average hunters in in their upper forties on up. Um, I, I believe um, I like a magazine. Me too. <laughs> I, well, I, when I, I read I books, like, I buy books. I yes, like yeah. paperback books to read. I yeah. you know, if if I'm in the middle of a hunt. And I'm sitting in a ground blind for days on end and I run out of a book. I will download one on my phone, but I would rather have a physical book in my hand to read. Agreed. Agreed. Well, I I will admit one thing, too. The only time I do like to, like, use the phone is if if I lost my readers. And then I could zoom in <laughs> on the screen, and I could read the words. Yeah. But otherwise, it's all, it's all fuzzy to me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. But there's something to have that tangible, you know, to have that in your hands and and just I don't know. I, I'm I, I guess you're right. I, I am. I'm still old fashioned. I don't care. I really you know, I, I you are old. I am fashioned. I'm old, I'm old fashioned. <laughs> you really hesitated there. That hurt. I just wanted to make sure I was clear with saying old. Yeah. MR, you see what I deal with 24 seven? Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm sitting here listening to you, too. And I. I your kids compared to me. <laughs> I mean, God, people ask uh, if uh, I knew uh, Saxon Pope and Art Young person. <laughs> wow. wow. Dang. Um, <laughs> what well, did you? Uh, no, knowingly. <laughs> wow, Pete. <laughs> well, I've got, I've got the. Uh, uh, hunting with a bow and arrow, and it's autographed by Saxon Pope. But when I tell people, I ask him to sign it. Why well, they don't buy that <laughs> part of it? I mean, 1926. What? What the heck? That wasn't all that long before I was born. Uh, just uh, you feel, you feel, you feel it. Uh, not so much, and I still try to keep in shape and get around good. But uh, I guess the the idea of thinking. Yeah, it's been 60 years since, uh, well, almost 60 years since I shot my first whitetail with a bow. And uh, I wasn't in grade school at the time either, so uh, I'll give you some idea. But uh, you have to accept it. And when I see all the white and the whiskers and uh, see all these kids out there, uh, and I consider you guys uh, good friends and and more youthful than uh, a lot of the people, but I know you guys talk about old, and I just have to. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me ask you a little bit of a loaded question, uh, Mr. James, if you don't mind, and that is, um, in the last 
this seems to be a, a, a topic in the archery industry is that of crossbows and, and how they've become more legal in more states. And, and some states uh, recognize them during archery season. Others don't. Um, and uh, we've talked about that among the three of us in some other podcasts in the past. And uh, but I'm just curious as to you, as you've seen the evolution of bow hunting since you started your magazine in 1971 and even as a as a participant bef- before that. I'm curious as to what your take is on on uh, crossbows and and uh, as archery equipment and, and, and as a hunting tool uh, when, I, when I ran Bow Hunter magazine, I was there for. 35, four years actively involved, uh, editor, uh, some editorial past, even after I sold the business in, in 88, I continued to edit and run it for, uh, the additional years till I retired in 2006 and the crossbow situation. And I, I saw that while I was still actively involved in bow hunter, Ohio and Arkansas were the first two states that I remember, uh, legalizing crossbows. And I made notation of the fact and wrote about it that within a uh, very few years, I think it was within five years uh, or so, the number of crossbow kills in those states uh, outnumbered the number of archery kills, with conventional uh, boats and arrows. And that's, uh, that's, that's true today. Every uh, Indiana, against uh, a lot of complaining and they legalized crossbows uh, a few years ago. And you look at the number of crossbow kills here. Wisconsin is another good example. Uh, the number of crossbow kills in Wisconsin has uh, easily outpaced in just a matter of a few years, outpaced uh, conventional uh, you know, bows. It's, just, uh, it's part of that deal if they're legal. Uh, people are going to use them, and so many of them are gun hunters uh, that take it up. And the thing that I've also noticed uh, in the reports from the industry is that uh, a lot of the people who are buying crossbows aren't aren't new to the sport, so we're not gaining any numbers. It's just people are changing over because they hunt during archery season, in particular, to have gun hunters. And it's uh, it's it's easier. I, I say this, and I know I upset a lot of people. But, you know, it's easier for me to shoot a recurve than a longbow, and it's easier to shoot a compound than a recurve or a longbow. And it's easier, although I've never hunted with a crossbow, uh, I can shoot them. I, I'm doing a new book. It'll come out next year. This isn't a commercial. <laughs> no, give it to You're us. You're good. You're good. Let's do uh, it. I've got a, got a book coming out uh, next year to coincide Bowhunter Magazine's 50th anniversary is in uh, uh, 2021, and I've got a book coming out late next year in 2020 that uh, kind of touches on a whole number of things about archery and crossbows is one of them. And I've never, I've shot crossbows over the years just as at targets. Uh, I know what they were about. I had felt that was part of my archery education. But uh, I've got a friend who's a dealer here in this area. And uh, he came over one day. We went up to my range here. And he brought over one of those new, uh, I don't know if you want me to mention the type of uh, crossbow, but uh, he brought over one of the biggest revolutionary changes in crossbows that I've ever seen, shooting 400 to 500 feet a second. 
I shot the first few bolts at uh, 30 yards and was shooting them in a one-inch circle. Uh, I didn't try it, but I watched him. He backed off to 60 and did the same. He backed off to 100 and did the same. And that's what a crossbow can do. And again, this is a high-dollar, top-of-the-line crossbow. But I mean... Thousands of dollars. You bet. I mean, I'm talking uh, two to $3,000 for, for this these particular bows. And yet, they are so much like a gun, uh, that range. And I'm talking, in, I grew up in Illinois and Indiana. I had a deer a few times with shotguns, which was legal in the state. But shooting a bow is a lot different than shooting a, a shot slug-loaded shotgun. And these crossbows today, I mean, I'm thinking, my God, you, you, it, I'm seeing posts online, you've probably seen them too, of kids uh, four years old, not four, five and six-year-old kids killing their first deer with a crossbow at, uh, you know, 20 or 30 yards. Uh, I've got two friends here in the neighborhood, uh, I say neighborhood, I live in the sticks, but uh, within just a few miles of here, uh, one girl is I think nine, and the other one, uh, there's a boy that's uh, seven. They took their first deer this past year with crossbows. And you could do that when you were, uh, I think my son, Dave, the only bow hunter in the family besides me, uh, killed uh, his first deer when he was 11. And that was in Wisconsin on a hunt up there, and he was shooting a uh, Jennings T-model oh <laughs> bow back would that go back? Oh yeah, around? buddy, it sure did. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, they had to work at it a little bit. And today, it's a matter of just pulling a trigger. I mean, aiming—you got your telescopic sight, you put the crosshairs, you shoot. It hits where you aim, and you're talking blinding arrow speed. Uh, those bolts, uh, like I say, they, it's just—it's amazing to watch. And on the one hand, I'm really impressed with what they've done, but I'm also kind of discouraged because human nature being what it is, a lot of people are going to say, oh, heck, I can hunt all archery season. I can't wait for shotgun season. I can hunt all archery season with something that's close to slug-loading shotgun. And in my mind, uh, unless a slug gun is, is equipped with a telescopic side, it's, it's more deadly when you've got your crossbow zeroed in. So anyway, that's that's uh, some gospel from the Book of James. And, uh, <laughs> I, like I love that. that. I love that. That, that like was that. awesome. <laughs> Thank you. For, you, you know, I like and, and and I will give you know our input, and you know, you know, we've hunted with them, um, and and Vicky and I can state this: our last few trips, we traveled the this Midwest fall. this and, fall. Well, yeah. we from west uh, with an outfitter. We were the minority. In the camp, with our compounds, with, with our, our Hoyts, with with our with our with our compound bow, Is yeah, that, right? that shocked us. Wow. And this was in Wyoming. It shocked me. Too. And then from Wyoming, we went to Ohio. And we were, again, now this is for Midwest Whitetails, we were the minority in Ohio. We were the minority in Missouri. And then what really, really, like, her and I looked at each other and said, oh, my gosh, we were down in, you know, in, in, Pike. in Pike County, Pike, Brown and Adams. And uh-huh. we were MR, minority there. We too. were the minority there. I, and and yeah, I, 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 the I we, we never 
ever thought it was, uh, you know, in, in that. Right. Now, so are we getting more hunters out there because they can do the crossbow? Well, the numbers the don't season? show that. No, I know. That's what I was going to say. No. They don't. No, the, the numbers show that it's just, you know, they're, they're, they're switching or they're go you know they're shooting both ways but but they're going you know the, the aspect of the crossbow um maybe because they don't have the time it's easier For practicing right and, and the thing i'm i'm and i'm going to say this straight out you know we, you you know us we've been advocates about all legal manners just because we we want to see sure. we we want to see those numbers part maybe not grow but stay consistent so we do have a voice in legislation but here's and I'm going to say it right out. I'm against this, you know, three inch group at 100 yards because they're not they're yeah. not understanding the noise factor, the inefficiency, you know, of a of a 15 inch draw force. That's why these, you know, some of them have to be 175 pounds or something like that. The, you know, the 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 drop is tremendous. Um, and I, I'm just afraid that we're going to see more a wounding rate. And and more disappointment out there, um, and I just wish we could maybe tone that down. Yeah. Advertising yeah. life, how they're yeah. promoting them, yeah. yeah. And that's going to cause some kind of controversy. But in the end of it, you know, I, I hope we're able to have our children's children live this lifestyle. And I, and I think if, oh, yeah. if we if we sort of watch our p's and q's, I, I think that can happen. Well, I think on that, you know, I, I opened that Pandora's box. I'm going to close it right now <laughs> yep. um, because we could really talk oh talk about gosh. this for a long time. And maybe that's something we need to do down the road is to right. have a uh, a podcast with some people of all different segments of the archery industry and just talk about that. But, but uh, you know, we need to keep this uh, right. on the schedule. Yep. So, uh, so here you go. <laughs> so with that, uh, MR, if you're good, then we'll just go ahead and, and stop that one. The, but I was just curious as to what your thoughts were on it. And, and I no, really appreciate you sharing. That's, that's it. fine. And now you got the lightning that's round fine. to go. Oh, yeah. I do. <laughs> well, if you're ready, I'll, I'll do, I'll do okay. my best. All right. We have a few questions we're going to throw at you here in the, in the lightning round. So, uh, First thing off the top of your head, okay? And I and, and these first ones are going to be pretty easy for you, but uh, uh, if you're ready, uh, oh, yeah. hunting or fishing? Hunting. Archery or firearm? Archery. Camouflage or flannel? Camouflage. <laughs> he hesitated. I noticed, the, I noticed the sigh there at the end of the two. Tree stand or ground blind? Oh, that's, that's really tough. I, I prefer... Ground. Wow. Really. Okay. Oh, cool. So, how long does it take you to get ready to go hunting? Not long. I mean, uh, <laughs> five minutes tops. Okay. Get well. dressed and walk out the door with my bow because <laughs> I, I hunt out the back door here at the farm. Oh, that's nice. Um, what age did you kill your first animal? Oh, okay. Probably nine or ten. As I say, roaches don't count and spiders don't count either. Okay. <laughs> Because <laughs> I kept, we could go young if big, we did that big game, game animal. He didn't change that one. Big game animal is uh, 21 because uh, there weren't any deer in Indiana where I lived or Illinois where I lived when I grew up. And uh, so I I was uh, married and out of the house. Uh, I killed my first deer. With it makes me feel better. I was 23, so I feel better about that. Now. I was 25. So there. 
14. <laughs> On a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate yourself as how good of a shot you are? Five. A five? No. Oh. That's very humble. <laughs> well, well it, it depends on what I'm shooting. Uh, right, point. right. But, yeah. uh, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a, a Randy Ulmer type type. Yeah, shooter. me either. Me either. Uh, Nor I are we. Fine. No. I do, yeah. I do fine. But uh, no, I'm probably average okay. Okay. Seven, seven or eight. If, if do you prefer cake or pie? Pie. Yeah, me too. Mountain cherry with ice cream. Uh, see, I'm an apple. I like apple and pecan. I'm from the yep. south. I say pecan. <laughs> All right. Mountains yep. or prairies? No. Name one of the seven Snow White dwarfs. Oh, dopey. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to dopey, but I I could relate if they were. <laughs> let's let's switch to dogs. <laughs> What's your favorite ice cream flavor? Oh, strawberry. Deer jerky or summer sausage? Deer jerky. Are you afraid of snakes? No. Star Wars or Indiana Jones? <laughs> Indiana Jones. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, what, what did you drive during high school? And don't say horse and buggy. 19, <laughs> 1954 Mercury that was Robin Egg Blue and was the coolest car in town, I thought. That's awesome. <laughs> That's, That's cool. nice. Uh, two more. Key, uh, coffee or tea? Tea. I've never had a cup of coffee in my life, but never will. Really? Wow. I don't think I could sit here. I couldn't drink a cup of coffee if you held a gun on me. I, I just can't tolerate the taste of it. And I'm an editor. <laughs> right? Yeah, you stayed up all night <laughs> Yeah. tea. I do hope your tea was sweet iced tea <laughs> like it's supposed to be. Um, <laughs> all right, last one. Give us your very best turkey gobble. Here, bird, here, bird, here, bird. <laughs> Wait, I have one. I have one to add to the oh, list. Oh, no. Favorite all-time movie. Oh, gosh. That, that's tough. It is, that isn't is it? Re- it is. I, I would say Tombstone. Oh, you oh, are my you man. Go. That's exactly mine, too. Good movie. <laughs> yes, you know, Ralph would say Dances with Wolves. That's what Ralph would say. Uh, or Godfather. That's, that's the great one. <laughs> I, I, I'm yeah. Italian from Chicago. Godfather was really cool. <laughs> yeah, Come on, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every Thanksgiving, the trilogy comes on, and that's what he wants to watch. I'm like, no, it's family time. Turn that off. Let's yeah. watch be nice. football. <laughs> or, be nice, Victor. You'll be sleeping with the fishes. <laughs> Tombstone. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Uh, All right. I love Westerns. I love Westerns, too. I'm glad Jeremiah Johnson, baby. Tombstone. That's awesome. That's a great one. Yep. Yep. Well, Mr. James, it's been an honor to have you on the podcast uh, for me personally. I know it's been great for Ralph oh, and Vicky to have a, chance, have a chance to catch up on some things. Uh, uh, I wish we had more time because so we, we could do this for hours. Um, but uh, I do want to thank you for taking the time to join us on the Ralph and Vicky's Off Grid podcast. And that's going to conclude this episode. I'm your host, Pete Rogers. If you haven't had a chance to subscribe to our podcast, please do. You can find us on all the uh, on all the podcast channels that are, that are out there. Um, and uh, join us next time where we can come back together and discuss all things archery, hunting, living, and uh, enjoying the outdoor lifestyle. Ralph and Vicky's Off Grid Podcast is proudly brought to you by Browning. Not all guns suit everyone perfectly, but there is a perfect Browning shotgun for you. Browning, the best there is.
thanks for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you come back again for more Ralph and Vicky's Off-Grid Podcast with your host, Pete Rogers. Thank <laughs> you.